turn to John chapter 3 verse 22. I want to talk about what the early church really preached. And um, what I really want to do is just look at the fact that, um, I want to look at the action. Um, we talk in the Bible, there's, uh, we've got the Gospels, and they were talking about the, generally speaking about the salvation that was to come. Jesus hadn't been crucified at that stage. And uh, so Jesus talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit and he talked about other things there. Um, but nobody really fully understood exactly how it was all going to come to pass. Um, in the epistles, which are the later letters to the early church, uh, we see that they're discussing with people who are already saved, they're discussing things about salvation. And in a sense, they're looking back to when they first got saved and what happened there. Um, but when you have a look at uh, uh, the book of Acts, uh, that's the historical record of the church going out, having received, first of all, receiving the Holy Spirit themselves um, after Christ ascended into heaven, and then going out in the power of the Holy Spirit and preaching the gospel to everybody else. So when you look in the book of Acts, you get this window into the actual reality of what was happening. So we're taking maybe some of the, the theory and we're looking at it in practice, what the early church actually did. Now today a lot of people talk about all sorts of things and they talk about belief and they talk about uh, uh, grace and they talk about the spirit and they talk about baptism, they talk about all sorts of things. Um, but often uh, the, it's not put into practice and it's not, uh, we don't see it uh, put into practice as the way that it actually happened in the Bible. So we're going to have a look at a, a few thoughts there along those lines and see how the teaching of the early church actually translated into action. And, of course, we should follow that pattern. So John chapter 3 and verse 22, we, we get at the beginning of the Gospels, John the Baptist showed up first, and his job was to prepare the way. He's the greatest, if you like, the greatest prophet of the Old Testament, to prepare the way for Jesus Christ who was about to appear. And uh, he went out there to prepare the people and to get them ready, uh, get them announce Jesus Christ in a sense and introduce him. And, uh, of course, he's known for being the baptizer, the Baptist, and uh, that's how he did things. So at the beginning of each gospel, you get this story about John the Baptist, and he's baptizing people and he's instructing them to get ready for the coming of the Messiah, the Christ, that they're all expecting. So John chapter 3, verse 22, just notes here, this is one of these um, times that explains this. It says, and after these things... Um, came Jesus and his disciples. So at this stage, Jesus is on the scene. It's a little bit later. We'll look at some of the others just about John in a moment. Um, after these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptised. And John also was baptising in Enon near to Salem because there was much water there, and they came and were baptised. So <laughs> to begin with, as we'll see in a moment, um, John went out, he preached the baptism of repentance. He told the people to get ready for the coming of Jesus who would baptise from the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then when Jesus appeared, and we'll see what happened there when he first met John um, in a moment, and he also was baptised, he then went out and uh, drew his disciples to him. And for a while there, as we see in this situation, we had John the Baptist in one area baptising multitudes of people telling them to get ready for the Christ and to look towards the Christ and to believe in him. And then we have Jesus and his disciples in another area down the road, so to speak, and they are baptising people as well. And uh, as things continue on, we see that 
Uh, John the Baptist, in a sense, fades off into the background and eventually he's actually executed uh, by Herod. Um, but Jesus Christ increases and his disciples and they go around baptising people and getting them ready for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we read on there in verse 24, For John was not yet cast into prison. Um, then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and they said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, talking about Jesus, to whom thou bearest witness, behold the same baptizes, and all men come to him. So John the Baptist's disciples here, they're starting to think, okay, so we're baptizing people over here and we're telling them to uh, believe on this one and, and uh, John the Baptist is born witness to Jesus when he came to be baptized of him and said this is the Christ, this is the one who would take away the sin of the world. And uh, <clears throat> so they say, well, he's now going off and he's baptizing um, people and uh, everybody's going and gathering together to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Uh, this my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. So we have a bit of an overlap. Uh, John came, he was preaching the message. Uh, Jesus appeared on the scene and there was the uh, connection between the two of them and in a sense Jesus then took up the baton uh, if you think of it like a re relay race and uh, he began to increase and his speed began to pick up in a sense because people came to him and the multitudes began to come around him because John himself when he was baptising people was saying look Jesus Christ is the one you're getting baptised for he's down the road there or he's, he's off in this area at the moment he's the one He's going to baptise you with the Holy Spirit. So obviously, as John, uh, his his time came to an end and he was actually uh, ended up being uh, put into prison by Herod and eventually executed and Jesus Christ uh, continued on in the, the job that he had to do. Um, now just, I'm not going to go into this passage at the moment, but this chapter, John chapter 3, you will note there that uh, these things happen in verse 22 Immediately after a, or it's recorded there, immediately after a conversation that Jesus had with a man called Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee and he came to Jesus by night and he wanted to know about things and Jesus told him in verse 3, uh, Jesus answered, verily and said, uh, answered and said unto him, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is, these things we just read about happened uh, just after Jesus had this conversation. And down in verse 5, he repeated, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And this is also the conversation, if you look down in verse 16, same conversation where Jesus said to Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So all of these things are very much tied together. So saying these things to Nicodemus is saying you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. He's talking about belief and how that you will receive eternal life. And then immediately after that, he goes with his disciples and there they are baptising multitudes of people. And John himself is also still baptising many people with his disciples. And I want you to think about you know, what, 
what was it they were doing? When they called all these crowds to them to be baptised, what were they telling them? Um, you know, people don't just come along and decide to get baptised, dunked under the water sort of thing for no reason at all, just because some guys says that they should. But there was uh, reasons behind these things and uh, they were called, as we'll see in a moment, to repentance. Just go over to chapter 4 though and verse 1. I'll come back to some of those thoughts uh, in a little while. John 4 and verse 1. So <clears throat> Jesus is baptising, John is baptising, and in verse 1 it says, When therefore Je- the Lord knew how that the Pharisees, that's the religious leaders, had heard that Jesus made and baptised more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptised not by his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. So <clears throat> again this, this thought that Jesus had to increase and John had to decrease. Now we've come to the situation where Jesus and his disciples are baptising more. They've taken over. They're baptising more people than even John the Baptist. And when you read about uh, John the Baptist in the early days there, he was baptising multitudes of people. People were coming to him all from Jerusalem and Judea, right throughout the, the whole area. They were travelling a, a long way to be baptised by John. And uh, so now... Jesus uh, got to this point and he's baptising multitudes of people. His disciples, they were doing the baptism. And um, it's interesting, it makes that point that it wasn't actually Jesus who did the water baptism, it was his disciples. And there is a reason for that. It's because John said, look, I can baptise you with water and so his disciples and so the disciples of Christ. But it was Jesus who would give them a different baptism and that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus is baptising people, or his disciples are baptising people here, his disciples are saying, you are getting baptised now, you are committing your life to follow the Christ. Here he is, standing over here, this man Jesus. He is the one that John the Baptist bore witness of, he is the Messiah, and uh, he is the one who will baptise you in the Holy Spirit. So this is what they're doing, and and, uh, as I say, long before Jesus died upon the cross, um, in the early years of his, his ministry there, in the early months of his ministry, he is baptising many, many people uh, with a view to this end. Now we'll go over to Mark chapter 1 and verse 1. So this is, uh, if you like, a bit before uh, the story we looked at there. Uh, Mark chapter 1, beginning of the Gospel of Mark. And again, in all of the Gospels we get this same story. Uh, So it reads there, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy faith, uh, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptise in the wilderness, and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, or the forgiveness of sins. So this is talking about uh, John the Baptist. He was prophesied. He was going to come, prepare the way of the Lord. Uh, He was in the wilderness there. He was preaching, as it says, the baptism of repentance, water baptism, looking for the remission or forgiveness of sins and uh, looking to the the one who would forgive their sins, which was Jesus Christ. And we read there, it says, And they went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem, and they were all baptised of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. So great numbers of people... Um, as I say, in the, to begin with, uh, with John, and then later on with Jesus and his disciples. In verse 6, And John was, was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. He was a bit of a, a wild-looking man. Uh, he was uh, 
a Nazarite, which meant that he never cut his hair. Uh, so under the Old Testament, there were people that were under that particular vow, like Samson, uh, were people that never, were that were never to have their hair cut at all. And uh, so he, he would have looked an interesting sort of a character. And verse 7 says, And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptised you with water, but he shall baptise you with the Holy Ghost. So that was his message. That's what he, he was preaching, and it is, of course, what Jesus was preaching, although he had the, exa- the advantage there and his disciples had the advantage that um, John had to say, look, he is coming, he's not here yet, uh, but um, I am baptising you uh, for you to believe on him. He's the one who will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. And uh, his disciples, Jesus' disciples, were able to do it, as I say, on the spot and say, this is the one, and uh, he's right there in front of them. We go to Luke chapter 3, verse 3, again just uh, reiterating the same story there. It says, He came into all the country, this is John the Baptist, about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Again, the thought is, that's what it was all about. It was about repenting and looking to receive forgiveness of sins, which Jesus Christ was going to make possible. It wasn't possible at that time because he had not died upon the cross uh, for their sins and to purchase the gift of life. But in verse 7, we read, <coughs> Then he said, this is John, Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptised of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance. And he was talking uh, to the multitudes, many people here in the other Gospels, it says he was particularly talking to the religious leaders at this time. Uh, many of the, the common people were responding and uh, they were repenting, they were getting baptised, but there were a lot of people that came to his baptism and watched, but they didn't do anything. And uh, John was saying, he, very encouraging there, he said, you bunch of snakes, or a brood of snakes. He said, who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He said, bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. So it was a very blunt message, and that was, look, you all need, it doesn't matter whether you're religious, whether you're not, or whoever you are, he was saying, all men must, in a sense, bow the knee before the coming Christ. You must all be humbled. You must all repent. He is the one who will forgive your sins. You're not righteous of yourself. And he went on to say, uh, you know, don't begin to think within yourselves we have Abraham to our father and therefore we're, we're okay, we're of the line of, of Israel and these things. He said, God is able of stones. He's able to make children of Israel out of the stones of the ground. So you can't rely on that. Um, and uh, he said, you can't rely on your, your bloodline. So John was very much saying, you must bring forth fruits and actions uh, that are fit and necessary for repentance. He went on to explain some of those things and he explained to the different types of people there the things they should be giving up, the things they should be changing in their life and getting ready for the Messiah. So again, a very clear message. Matthew 21 and verse 23. Actually, before we go to that, I might just go... I've got a few slides just because... There are any scriptures on the slides, but out of one of the um, presentations we've done in the past. But I've got quite a few individual verses to just flick through. 
and it's easier if we can just look at it on the slides rather than get, getting you to flip through them all. Uh, so on the taskbar, there is a presentation. Just out of this little presentation, which was on being born again, uh, which, as we read, Jesus explained, was being born of water and of the Spirit. And um, as I mentioned in John 3, just uh, where he was talking about that, is the famous verse where he talks about everybody uh, needs to believe on him uh, for everlasting life. Now, of course, that's what John was telling people, was that Jesus was coming, he was the one that would give eternal life, he was the one that would give forgiveness of sins. Um, but it's tied together with this thought that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So obviously, uh, it's whatever that means, it's very necessary, or it's absolutely necessary. And as we explained there, Jesus explained it and expounded it further. He said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now if we just have a look at a bunch of the, um, the scriptures, that, that combination of water and just plain water and Holy Spirit is a very unusual sort of a combination. And um, <clears throat> when we have a look at all the passages that mention those two in the same breath, it's always to do with salvation, it's always to do with baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit. So as we saw, testimony of John the Baptist. Now in Matthew 3, he said, this was what he said to people, he said, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So it's a sort of it's a, it's a double cleansing. We've got a water and we've got spiritual fire, which is the Holy Spirit. And uh, so John the Baptist, you know, he was sufficient in a sense, and the disciples of Christ to baptize people before Christ died it was sufficient to baptize them in repentance, looking to Christ, looking to believe on Him. Because uh, he's the one that's going to take away the sin of the world, and he's the one that's going to provide eternal life and baptize him with the Holy Spirit. Now that particular thought is in every one of the Gospels. It all, they all explain that John baptized with water, Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit. In the book of John, it's sort of uh, phrased in a slightly different way. We get a few more details. Um, John the Baptist there, he explains to the people, he's talking about how he knew who the Christ was going to be. He says, I didn't know who he was, I don't know who he is, but when Jesus appeared on the scene, uh, he knew him because of this. And he said, I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, which was God, the Father, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So when the Father gave his message to John in the beginning of his life, he said, I've got a job for you. You're to go out, you're to prepare the way for Jesus Christ and uh, you're to go and baptise people in water. And he said, this is how you will know uh, who the one is who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. So obviously John understood from the very beginning there that um, the great thing that was coming was this baptism in the Holy Spirit and the one who would do the baptising in the Holy Spirit. And uh, so he was went out uh, foreshadowing these things in his baptism in water but he said God told him uh, that when he saw the Holy Spirit remaining upon uh, this one who was to come that he would know that that is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and it's really it's really important to recognize as I say that's in all four of the Gospels it's really important to recognize that's how God the Father introduced Jesus Christ 
He could have said a lot of things, but he told John, the one who is going to baptize will wash you in the Holy Spirit. Um, he is, uh, he's the one you'll, you'll know when the Spirit descends upon him. So Jesus Christ, we then said, we then see where Jesus came to John, and this is where, in a sense, he picks up and takes on from John, although they overlap for a certain time. Uh, it says, now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee am I, I am well pleased. So this was what John was waiting for. And uh, Jesus, if you read the story, there's plenty more to the story, but uh, Jesus came to John and he said, uh, I need to be baptised. And John, uh, recognising who he was, and uh, they were actually related, if you know the story, and John was born about six months uh, earlier than, than Jesus. Um, he said, I have need to be baptised of you. And he said, you're coming to me. So he recognised that Jesus was the greater one. As he said, he was mightier than I. He wasn't even worthy to do up his shoes. But he said, um, you know, I, I have need to be baptised by you. And I think when he noted that, because he uh, he recognised that Jesus was the one who baptised with the Spirit, that's probably what he was talking about. I need to be baptised with the Spirit of you. And you're coming to me to be baptised of water. He recognised that Jesus had the greater the greater ministry. But Jesus said, that, allow it to be so for now. He said, suffer it to be so. He said, for, for thus it becometh us to fulfil all righteousness. Um, that's the way it has to be. So we then go on into the book of Acts. And um, we see again, I'm just going through the verses where it mentions water and the Spirit together. Always talking about baptism in water and baptism in the Spirit. So Jesus Christ, after he was resurrected and just before the Holy Spirit was poured out, he had risen again and he gathered his disciples together. And uh, just before he ascended into heaven, he said, um, being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So he said, okay, this is it. He said, I've, I've now, you know, he'd, he'd died, he'd uh, paid the price for eternal life and God's holiness and God's gift of righteousness and God's gift of grace. And he said, now, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. He said, you're, going, you're about to receive the promise of the Father. He said, you know that, I've talked to you about, and we could go have a look at a lot of scriptures there where Jesus talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit and how that it was necessary for him to go away, otherwise the Holy Spirit would not be given. He would go to the Father and the Father would give him the Holy Spirit and he would then pour it out upon the people. And so he told the disciples, okay, it's about to happen in a few days' time. Now you must be ready. And uh, he related back to the original thought. John baptised with water and he did it truly. Uh, it was about repentance. He was looking to receive forgiveness of sins. But in a moment you are going to be baptised and washed with the Holy Spirit. So that was his message to them. He went on to talk about, he said, after you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be witnesses to me throughout the world. And uh, so shortly after that, after he made those comments, he was taken up into heaven and he disappeared in Acts chapter 1 there, up into heaven as we went through last week. Uh, so 
In a few days' time after Jesus made those comments, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the people, on the disciples, 120 of them, on the day of Pentecost. And uh, we'll read there, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost, uh, which was a feast day, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, or divided tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And uh, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this was right at the beginning of the book of Acts. This is where it all begins. Uh, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's what they've been waiting for all through the Gospels, all through the teaching of Christ and John the Baptist. And uh, Jesus made it possible now. And they received the Holy Spirit in this remarkable uh, instance there. And um, if you read the rest of the chapter, it talks about the great crowd of thousands of people that gathered together as a result of this uh, particular happening. And uh, they all began to ask, what is, what is all these people speaking in other languages? What does this mean? And uh, the disciples explained that this was the promised Holy Spirit and the promise of the Father which Jesus had died to give and, and had now poured out. Now, when they got through, they preached to the crowds there and told them that Jesus was indeed the Christ and this was evidence of it and this was the fulfilment of prophecy. Um, they told the people they needed to believe in Jesus Christ and uh, uh, the people were convicted, a lot of them were, some of them rejected it, but a lot of them were convicted by these things and they said, uh, what should we do? And uh, we read um, of Peter's instruction, part of his preaching there, towards the end to the people, he said, This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. And therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has shared or poured forth this which you now see and hear. So that was their explanation. That's why all these people were speaking in tongues. Uh, that's what it was all about. And then when they asked Peter and the disciples, um, they said, what shall we do? Uh, they became convinced that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. And they had crucified him. And it says, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Again, same message as John had preached, as Jesus had preached, as the disciples had preached before the death of Jesus Christ. So get baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the forgiveness of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And that was the foundational teaching that was given on the day of Pentecost at the beginning of the book of Acts. And from that point, as Jesus said, filled with the Holy Spirit, they went out and they preached the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. And uh, they changed the world, of course, and we are here today uh, still as a result of these things. Now if we go um, again through the book of Acts, we find various times where they preached this gospel and we see the same result. They went to the Samaritans um, in the area of Samaria uh, who were a mixture of people from outside who had come to live in Israel from uh, times long past. And they had a mixture of the Israelite teachings and their own pagan teachings. But it says, when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So they were baptized in water. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them 
that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus, or in water in other words, and then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So here's one of the first examples of a big group of people, um, people in the city there, they went to them. You note there that it says Philip preached the things concerning the kingdom of, Jesus, uh, of God and it also says he preached unto them Christ, he preached Jesus unto them. And uh, then it says as a result of that they got baptised in water. So that was all part of the preaching, just like it was on the day of Pentecost. Uh, it was uh, repent, get baptised, get filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, doing all these things for Jesus Christ. And uh, so again, in this particular occasion, they got baptised and some days later, we don't know exactly how long, but it was certainly some time, uh, they had been baptised in water but not yet baptised in the Spirit. And again, when you understand, before Christ died, there were multitudes of people who were baptised in water, some by John the Baptist and his disciples, some by Jesus' disciples, and they were all waiting for the baptism of the Spirit. So we're talking about two different things here. You don't automatically receive the baptism of the Spirit just because you've been baptised in water. And so in this case, they received, as it says there, uh, the whole multitudes in this city, they had been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus in water, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. And again, you can ask yourself the question, does it tell you much more than that? Uh, but you can ask yourself the question, how did they know they had not received the Holy Spirit? Luke just simply says, None of them had received the Holy Spirit and not yet fallen on any of them. So therefore Peter and John came and prayed with them and then they received the Holy Spirit. So you can tell from that particular passage that it's possible to know that you haven't received the Holy Spirit and also possible to know you have. Um, a little bit further on in um, the book of Acts, we see the Apostle Paul when he first heard the Gospel. says, Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, uh, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, and sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes that it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptised. In one of the other recountings of this story, it gives a bit more information, and it tells us a bit more what Ananias said. He said to Paul now, he said, Why tarriest thou? He said, Arise and be baptised. Uh, calling on the name of the Lord and uh, you uh, uh, and uh, wash away your sins. And so he was told to get up and to get baptised and the intention was that Paul would receive the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> we have the record that he was baptised in water. It doesn't actually give us in the book of Acts uh, the record of him. It doesn't say, and Paul received the Holy Spirit. It just gives us that information that that was why uh, Ananias had come to him and why Jesus had uh, spoken to him so that he might be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we see there he was baptised. So baptism in water, again baptism in the Spirit together. Then we have an instance where, Paul, uh, where Peter is preaching gospel to the Gentiles and the Gentiles, the people of other nations, receive the Holy Spirit as well. And that was unexpected to the Jews. But in that story it says, while Peter yet spake these words as he was preaching to them, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word and they of the circumcision, uh, which means the Jews, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then asked Peter, Can any man forbid water that they should not be baptized, 
which had received the Holy Spirit as well as we, and he commanded them to be baptised in the name of the Lord. And they prayed him to tarry certain days. So in this case, we see it again, two very independent baptisms. And in this case, baptism of the Holy Spirit happened first. And they received the Holy Spirit as he was preaching to them. The Holy Spirit fell upon them and they all began speaking in tongues. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Jews were surprised that uh, uh, the Gentiles had received the Holy Spirit. But once they saw that had happened, they knew that they had to be baptised as well. And that's why it says that Peter commanded them to be baptised in water, um, which basically is their commitment to God. So God committed himself to the Gentiles, and then Peter said, now you must commit yourself to God in repentance and belief and uh, in uh, water baptism. So again, we see very much uh, two things, uh, and can be in either order, but um, both necessary. A little bit later, Peter, he had to go back to the Jews in Jerusalem and explain to them why he had been involved with the Gentiles, which was not uh, they were not supposed to do. Um, well, so they thought under the Old Testament law. Uh, but God showed him that it was now okay because the Gentiles could receive the Holy Spirit as well. And Paul, uh, Peter relates that he says, He showed us how that he had seen an angel in his house which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, who call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So this is the story Peter's relating. He says, Cornelius, uh, the man who received the Holy Spirit in his whole household, uh, he... Uh, he was the one that was going to tell them how to get saved. He said, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, on them as on us at the beginning, talking about the day of Pentecost. And then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And uh, it goes on to say, When they heard these things, they held their peace, and they glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. So the Jews were convinced. The Gentiles had received the Holy Spirit just as they had um, and uh, they recognised that uh, God had granted them repentance unto life. And as we saw in the beginning there, when they got baptised in water, it was uh, in repentance, looking to receive remission of sins or to receive eternal life. So um, the same message, baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Again, the teaching Paul, just this last one here, in uh, the book of Acts, uh, Paul came across some people in Ephesus. Uh, he says he found certain disciples and uh, it would appear that they were probably disciples of John the Baptist in some way, maybe through Apollos or something. There's more to this story which you can read. Uh, but uh, we'll just pick up a, the, the important bit here. So Paul came to them and he said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So he found this bunch of people who professed to believe, or maybe he'd found out that they were baptised in water. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And uh, that can be also translated, depending again which uh, translation you look at, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So either way makes, makes sense. But it's not a question that a lot of people ask today. Most people would say, okay, if you've believed, you must have received the Holy Spirit. So this question doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. But it made a lot of sense to Paul. He knew you could ask that question. Okay, you might have believed that Jesus is the Son of God, as the people did on the day of Pentecost, and they said, well, what do we do about that? Um, He said, but have you received the Holy Spirit? 
Their answer at the time was that we have not even heard whether there is any Holy Spirit, um, which again can be translated, uh, we have not heard whether the Holy Spirit was yet given. Uh, So either way, they had not received the Holy Spirit. So John then questioned them a bit further, and he recognised they had been baptised in water. He said, Then said Paul, John, verily or truly baptised with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And we know from the scriptures we read there, that's what what, uh, John was saying. He said, I baptise you unto repentance. The one you're looking for is Christ, who will uh, baptise you with the Holy Spirit, and he will take away your sins. When they heard this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spake the tongues and prophesied. Again, so they were baptised in water. This time it appears they didn't quite understand what it was all about. They got baptised again in water, uh, this time understanding they were to believe in Jesus Christ, and they were looked to him, and uh, then Paul uh, baptised them in water, and uh, they came out of the water, and, and they were prayed with, and uh, they received uh, the Holy Spirit. Again, very clear examples. So in each of these occasions, this is what... This is how the action actually was translated from the preaching. You know, in the, in the book of Acts and uh, through the, the early church, this is what they did. They preached the kingdom of God to people, preached Jesus, preached Christ, um, preached the gospel, however you want to put it. And as a result of that, though, people were told to repent, get baptised, look to Jesus, believe in Jesus. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He will wash away your sins. He will give you eternal life. And uh, so that's the preaching, that's how it was. And uh, unfortunately, again, you want to compare the actual record with what actually happens today in a lot of places, and there's a lot of talk, but these things don't happen. And these are the things that want to happen. We've got a window into the reality of what was preached and done in the book of Acts uh, when we look there, and in the Gospels when it talks about people getting baptised. These are the things that we need to do to be saved. And uh, again, a lot of people want to talk about a lot of things, but you look at how it's supposed to translate into action. We'll just finish very quickly Matthew 21. Matthew 21, verse 23. Jesus, when he was doing things, uh, he upset a lot of the religious people at the time. Um, Verse 23, it says, When he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. And so this was his question. He said, The baptism of John, John the Baptist, uh, whence was it? Or in other words, where did it come from? He said, From heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did ye not then believe him? because they had not been baptised. They were the ones that came to John the Baptist's baptism and rejected it, and they felt that they were too righteous, they felt that they were okay. And uh, Jesus is saying here, well, if this was from heaven, if it was God that sent John the Baptist to baptise with water, why did you not believe him? In other words, why did you not get baptised? So again, the belief is expected to translate into action And because there was no action, there was no belief. And Jesus was able to say, you were not baptised, therefore you did not believe 
the word of God which was given to you. And uh, they were in a dilemma here because they realised they were caught and they said, but if we shall say of men, uh, we fear the people for all hold John as a prophet. So a lot of people want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to say that, yes, I, I, I want to hold on to the things like John the Baptist the prophet and say he's a prophet and I want to hang on to the Bible and all the rest of it. But then it isn't translated into action. And uh, so, you know, again, we have this situation, well, and the Lord is saying, well, you know, you say you want these things, but it's not being translated into the action. And so, of course, in verse 27, they answered Jesus and said, we cannot tell. Uh, so that was their answer, the way of getting out of it. And he said unto them, neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. So he said, if you won't answer my question, I won't answer yours. Uh, Luke chapter 7, just to finish, verse 29. When Jesus was preaching, he, he, sometimes the question of John the Baptist and who he was came up and uh, Jesus explained that John was the one who was preparing the way and uh, these things. And uh, we read, well, verse 28, he said, For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And again, as we read, Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born of water and of the Spirit, baptized in water and the Spirit. And uh, as I say, it's very important to understand that when Jesus said, unless you are born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So you can ask yourself, okay, what does born of water and born of the Spirit mean? Well, the only time you find water and the Spirit throughout all those other passages we looked at is when it's talking about baptism in water baptism in the Spirit, and that's what he's talking about. Being born uh, means to be begotten, and um, doesn't just mean the actual birth process, but it means to be given life through those things. So in verse 29 it says, And all the people that heard him, uh, so Jesus stood up for John the Baptist, and all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptised with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptised of him. So this is what Jesus was getting at. The common people had repented. They recognised they were sinners. They recognised they needed to confess their sins and, and to basically say before the Lord, yeah, I know I'm a sinner. I'm prepared to bury my old life and I know it's got to be put down and uh, to look to Jesus to save them. Uh, but the Pharisees, the self-righteous ones, says they rejected the instruction of God to their own hurt, uh, being not baptised of him. And because they did not get baptised, in other words, they had disregarded God's uh, advice. They had disregarded God's counsel and instruction to them. And uh, that's why Jesus said to them, you know, well, was that baptism of heaven or was it of, uh, of man? And uh, how have you not received it? And uh, after the day of Pentecost, we can ask the same question. As I sometimes point out, we can ask, the baptism of Jesus Christ. Is it of heaven or is it of men? The baptism of the Holy Spirit which Christ came to give. Is that of heaven or is that of men? If we answer of heaven, then Jesus is going to one day say, why then were you not baptised with the Holy Spirit? Now, did your belief in that translate into action? And uh, so again, very, very clear, that's what the early church taught. Um, and we'll leave it there. 